Hello, everybody. This is Erica. This is Shari. And this is April. And you are now listening to Three Sykes and a Mic. Just as a disclaimer, although the contents of this show may be educational and therapeutic in nature, this should not be considered a replacement for therapy with a licensed professional. If you would like more information on how you can find a therapist in your area, please contact us on social media. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back. How are we doing? Good, good. Doing all right. How are you, Erica? Hanging in there, hanging in there, just enjoying this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful fall weather. Yeah. How about you guys? Same for me. Doing all right. Running off of my to-do list, but (laughs) I'm happy it is officially pumpkin spice season. A lot of people were very premature in ordering their pumpkin spice lattes. You can't drink those when it's still 80 degrees. Thank you. Yeah. It's now okay to have the um, the fall drinks. Right. Now. I almost, I thought of y'all yesterday. I almost bought um, some towels. Yay, April. Some yes. dish towels that had like some Halloween stuff. And I was like, I'm not buying no Halloween dish towels. Oh, goodness. I was so close. I was like, yes. I'm going to have to put them up in, in a month. I'm not doing this. Well, you could get the fall one. So I don't yeah. do Halloween decorating because I feel like, okay, at the Halloween, it's like, okay, why? But right. I do a general fall uh-huh. d- decor. So I can have my two months of fall decorations. Right, right. And then the remainder of the time, I can have my holiday decorations. Yeah. So I have have some fall ones already and it may, it's probably time to replace them because I've had them I know good eight years <laughs> <laughs> yes my fall decorations are in full force here I've got my nice scarecrow up I've got my pumpkins inside and outside the house it's in full 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 flow yeah well I haven't been able to fully put my stuff out because we're still in the middle of renovations but I did at least decorate my mantle and I bought my fall scented candles and I'm still waiting to buy my pumpkins but the grocery store was tripping the other day because they had their large pumpkins for like ten dollars Oh, see, I don't do the live pumpkins only because I hate squirrels and <laughs> I do not want them anywhere near my house trying to eat these pumpkins. Wait, squirrels eat pumpkins? Let me tell you, I have on our um, neighborhood app, people have put up pictures <laughs> of their pumpkins being like mauled by squirrels. Like, and it's pretty ridiculous because I didn't know squirrels ate pumpkins either, you know, but I Girls. guess it's a keen to them eating. Don't squirrels eat acorns? Aren't they yes. in the same yeah. like, family? Well, they're probably not in the same family. Oh, the squirrels probably like in heaven. I was going to say, I feel like squirrels are just the, the accepted rats. Absolutely hate and squirrels. And I just think they eat anything anyway. Rodents. But I read on Pinterest that you soak your pumpkins oh. in... Um, you like fill your bathtub with water and then you put like a little bit of bleach in your water and you soak the pumpkins and some for one, it helps them not to churn, but it also, um, deters rodents. I'll do that because I also don't want that possum to come back, Uh (laughs) you know? I have not seen that possum since it was in my garage, and I think we scared it mm-hmm. away. But I don't want it coming back. <laughs> well, that thing was huge. <laughs> well, yeah, you can get the plastic pumpkins, and Pinterest has lots of wonderful ideas on painting them and, you know, just the design and the setup. So I'm excited. I have like two bins that need to be pulled out, and my husband's like, I thought that was just like, I didn't think that was Christmas decor. That's because it's not. That's the fall decor bin. That's <laughs> Christmas is much bigger. He was like, oh my God. <laughs> that is funny. Yes, yes. I definitely had a good time putting up my stuff, my fall decorations. But the thing about Corona is that no one comes to the house. So I can't show them to anybody. Like nobody gets to see them. I'm pretty upset yeah. about that. Another thing Corona has ripped from my life. Oh, Lord. Well, you can post them. I guess. Or just send send Do a virtual tour. tour. I did that with my coworkers last week. I mean, I'm sure they probably didn't (laughs) really want to do it. 
<laughs> but I did. I did like a little virtual tour of my decorations uh, to get people in the fall season. So my favorite, favorite season. Is there fall music? I don't think like, so. Like there's Christmas. Is there something? To, well, I did play some Sade all day yesterday. <laughs> but I just felt like that just went with the mood. <laughs> I don't know if Sade would be considered fall music. That's interesting. There isn't fall music, but there are. There's definitely summer mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's spring music, right? Is it like Easter songs? I would assume. Is that a drill? It is. Oh, y'all can hear <laughs> oh. that. Dang. <laughs> I'm looking around my apartment like, is that? It's okay. Is somebody trying to come inside. <laughs> Erica's having renovations. I told y'all the house is a work in progress. Okay. There's all kinds of stuff going on. I was in the middle of the class and I was like, I'm sorry, you guys, the contractors are at the door. Just hold one moment. I mean, life, adulting, adulting is crazy. Adulting is crazy. Adulting is. Speaking of adulting, um, I'm not sure about other times, other people's timelines, but there've been a lot of conversation around divorce, speak specifically around Cardi B and Offset. Boom, boom, boom. Um, it's got people in arms. Yeah, for some really, really, I won't say odd reason. I know the reason, but the conversations around it have been very, uh, for me, saddening. Mm-hmm. Just how people have turned it into a. WAP won't keep a man like the keep a man conversation which just like it literally sounds like nails on the chalkboard when I hear that phrase um it's one of those phrases I wish will will just retire like we'll kind of retire the jersey of it because like what is why do why do we treat men like children they're not a child these are fully formed adults I don't think we're I don't think that is ever gonna I mean I wish I could say that it would I really don't think that will ever go away Mm. And and I don't understand why after learning, I, I feel like, yeah, it's one thing to be like, well, grandma and granddaddy stayed together and our, our grandparents, you know, they stuck it out thick or thin. And I know we've, I know we have learned now that it wasn't because grandma was sticking it through because she mm-hmm. was just like, I just re- really believe that Johnny is going to change and, you know, is she stuck around because of circumstantial necessity oftentimes? But that's not the case these days. Like, we yeah. don't have to do that. But it's become a, well, if if the wife was doing X, Y, and Z or, you know, being thick and blah, blah, blah is not going to keep a man. And it's like, mm. it, the man staying or leaving has nothing right to do with me. Yeah. Last time I checked, these men were grown. Yeah. And they made decisions for better or for worse, good or bad, on how they were going to react in these relationships. And that has nothing to do with me. No, I agree. I think once we get to a space where we can say people are responsible for their own behaviors in relationships and people have to take ownership for their own behaviors in relationships without saying, well, I did this because my partner did X, Y, and Z. Then we can get to a space of being able to say, well, she got to keep learn how to keep a man. But I honestly, I'm with you, Erica. I don't think we will get there where people are saying like, oh, no, like your own behavior is your own responsibility. And the thing that makes me wonder is like, why is it that I don't think we'll get there is because I think we're always going to have people with their own insecurities. And in order to kind of make them feel better about their own insecurities about those things. They're going to say, yeah, we'll see. That's why, you know, especially if you are not like the person that you see, for instance, a lot of people don't respect Cardi B as a woman because she doesn't meet the whole traditional, you know, good quality or whatever we want to call like what a woman or what a wife is supposed to look like. And so it's like, well, see, I'm this thing. I don't have a man and blah, blah, blah. And see, she was all that and she did all this and her husband still left. So this validates my whole idea that I need to look at the non-traditional or whatever woman and stick to this whole idea that, no, see, you're supposed to be the respectable wife or you're supposed to be this and you'll be able to keep your man. Well, no, because it's a lot of quote unquote respectable wives whose husbands are out there slicking and sticking. 
Yeah, <laughs> laying it low and spreading it wide. Which I think okay. you hit the the nail on the head with the um, insecurity part. It's just people are insecure about the idea of relationships, and I get it. It's scary to you know that trust. It's it's a scary thought, and with fears, people like to try to secure themselves with the rules. Like if I do this and if I do that and if I do this and that, then that means that my relationship will be safe. So these rules, well, if I cook, if I clean, if I'm a, you know, a sex fiend in the sheets, if I'm, you know, making sure that the plates are made, then I'm safe. And if I act this way, then I'm not. And then when those rules are found to be BS, <laughs> is, people are, instead of letting go of the rules, they're holding on to them even, even tighter, like, even tighter. Mm-hmm. So it's so, and not only that, but, and no, I don't think like my way of thinking is, is so different from other people it's kind of something shari was saying before before we got on sometimes you feel crazy in certain conversations like am i the only one that (laughs) this whole conversation is just odd like the whole language of keeping a man like is no one can we start there like you realize how problematic yeah that concept is when approaching a relationship of keeping Someone. someone versus focusing on you know the value and the health of the relationship like that's a completely different conversation than I'm going to do whatever I can to hold on to this thing from a place of fear Mm -hmm. versus love and even just uh, what you were saying Erica a lot of people don't like Cardi because of what she represents Mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons I love her it's even making me like her music. Mm-hmm. You know, Car- Cardi knows she's not the best rapper, exactly. mm-hmm. <laughs> but she makes she makes fun music. And I, I like that she is herself, you know, without apology. Mm-hmm. Like she is everything that we were told not to be. She's loud, ratchet. She dresses provocatively mm-hmm. and she has still become successful. Exactly. Right. And yeah. I think that bothers a lot of people who have been preaching, you know, the other, mm-hmm. the, the complete opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's funny how people, and I wouldn't even say men, cause it's been both men and women on this, like using lyrics, like taking them literally. Right. <laughs> like what she was saying, I was like, we just, have y'all, like you realize y'all think, that's creativity and you know right you realize that's a part of hip-hop is hype like hyperbole right like or music period do you think michael jackson was really in the cemetery like with spirits <laughs> well he might do you been. think little little bootsy bone thug um got these right. got these millions he he barely got a hit out right now like he got <laughs> he got no money but he rapping about it right Rick Ross. Oh, perfect goodness. Example. Perfect example. Or what's the guy? Jeezy. Jeezy. You, he might have at one point <laughs> lived that life. But like none of these rappers are living the lives that they are speaking about. But yet when it comes to our female artists, it gets thrown in their face. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened with Meg The Stallion. Mm-hmm. Oh, when you out here rapping about violence. I'm like, Meg does not rap about violence. Like that's not right. even. Yeah. But yeah. So all of that has been a very interesting conversation even around what is keeping a man and and how and I shared on Facebook I was like I get why it's so common for men to cheat I would cheat too because I don't I will never be held accountable Mm -hmm. it's gonna always be the wife same like when you think about Swiss and Alicia people still are mad at Alicia yeah Mm -hmm. still like to this day Swiss has been fine his name has not been like the married one has been fine um what was the recent one? Nicole Murphy and oh, was it Antoine Fuqua? Mm-hmm. His wife, who had nothing to do with it, got drug into mm-hmm. it. He was fine. So, and even with Cardi and Offset, like she's the one who's getting the brunt of the criticism. It's like, wow. Mm-hmm. I see why. Yeah. yeah. I think it also comes down to people not wanting to admit that in relationships, you really don't have as much control that you think you do. And so I think in relationships, people are like, well, like you said, April, if I do X, Y, and Z, then that's going to give me control over what my partner does or what happens with my partner, what happens, the projection of my relationship when that's just not the case. You know, we don't have as much control as we think relationships are like there. It's a risk at, at every point of the way, you know, you're walking into it without knowing what the outcome will be. And you know, not saying that that's not worthwhile, but I think people try to kind of put these 
concepts in place in order to say, oh, I have more control over what this might be. If I'm this type of woman or if I do this for my husband or if I, you know, present myself in this way, then I'll have the control over the outcome of what this relationship will be. Exactly. And that don't work. (laughs) At all. At all. (laughs) Trust me. I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard, honey. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Long, long lessons learned. Yes. Well, I, I, I wish both of them well. More so Cardi. Um, I'll say that. <laughs> I don't know right. Offset. I don't know him, you know. So Right. One of my friends posted talking about, well, um, Offset's about to go back to being the other amigo. <laughs> Not the other amigo. <laughs> talking about because I only knew him because of Cardi. <laughs> Still could not pick him out. Oh my goodness. I was literally just saying that yesterday. Like I wouldn't know him if he was by himself. I wouldn't know him from, you know, Joe Blow down the street, you know, (laughs) at all. But I might be showing my age. So, (laughs) oh, it is. We definitely have become now. Who is that? Who is that young boy? Is it it one person? Is that so many of them coming out now? Like, and everybody's names sound the same. Girl, everybody's you're voice not, sounds I feel the same. like if you're forgettable, that's your fault. If you're forgettable. Ain't that the truth? As an artist. I like that. That should be a t-shirt. If you're forgettable, <laughs> that's on you, boo. Exactly. <laughs> you better show We need to start show. a t-shirt line. We, Absolutely. we just need to start a t-shirt line with just our little sayings. <laughs> our little quotes. Would y'all wear t-shirts? Like, talk back to us. Let us know if you would wear t-shirts. With some of the quotes. That or a coffee said. mug for those. <laughs> or a coffee mug. Teams. Yeah. Coffee, coffee mug. mug. Yeah. Right. Button or something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's what's been going on in the media. And that just kind of brings me into our topic for today. We're talking about relationships and we're talking about just what happens in relationships and how we tend to form our relationships I know with Cardi and Offset they had of course a romantic relationship but just relationships in general whether it's romantic or non-romantic the ways in which we start to create the narrative around what those relationships should look like and um, one of the places that we start to create the narrative is early relationships that we have like early parental relationships and I say parental um, because that I want to specify that that doesn't necessarily mean your parents it could be any type of parental relationship whether it be grandparents whether it be aunts uncles um, or even non-family relationships like teachers or you know people who have been great influences on your life but oftentimes the relationships that we have with these individuals or even the ways in which we see them creating their relationships significantly impacts the relationships that we have and how we write the narrative around developing our own adult relationships and Mm -hmm. so wanting to have a moment to talk a little bit about those um, impacts that can happen as we start to create our own. I cannot speak today, y'all. Um, but as we start to create our own. Oh, goodness. My lazy Louisiana tongue is really taking over. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's taking over. Um, but I wanted to start with a question um, around just like early relationships and ask you both, are there things like specific things that you've noticed in the way that you go into relationships the way that you walk into relationships that you can directly tie back to those earlier influences in your life yeah for sure (laughs) I I think one of the things that that remained or it stuck out to me growing up is that my mom would always say everybody is not your friend and it was like a funny little running joke between my mom and, and one of my older cousins. And he would always joke with her about, you ain't got no friends. Like <laughs> He would always say, you ain't got no friends. And my mom was, and she would say, nope, that's right. She was like, I have, you know, three friends or whatever, you know, however, however many. 
And, you know, she would just always, you know, teach us, you know, and that was one of the hardest lessons I think for my brothers to understand when she was like, everybody is not your friend. And, you know, I, my oldest brother had 18 million friends. Everybody was his friend. We would walk anywhere. This is my homeboy. This is my friend. Blah, blah, blah. And we were like, we don't know these people from John Jacob Dingleheimer Schmidt, but everybody was his friend. But I took that and I started to learn as, you know, little caddy things would happen between me and and girlfriends and I start to understand what she meant by that um and I learned I think the hard way probably starting in middle school when I got into a fight because this (laughs) my my friend came back it was the one day I didn't ride the bus home I missed the bus because these kids were bullying um my neighbor who was special needs and I did not like that. He was very sweet uh, boy. And so we both end up missing the bus um, because he was on the ground and I was fighting kids. So anyway, mom had to come pick me up. And so that day I get home and my friend had told me that this girl was talking junk about me on the school bus. Well, feisty little middle school Erica was not (laughs) having it because I was quick to fight in middle school and so of course like I done called this girl and I done told her what I'm gonna do to her when we get in first period because she was in my first period class and so was the the messenger and girl I get to school and why did like the universe just line everything up perfectly for me to get in this fight (laughs) because the teacher was like she had to go to the bathroom and she left the class and I got up out my seat and went straight over to that girl and started wailing on her head. Oh, no. So by the time the teacher <laughs> came back from the bathroom, we in there fighting. So, of course, we get taken to the uh, assistant principal's office. And the girl is, like, explaining that the messenger had told her that I had been saying stuff about her. <clears throat> And I said, uh, that's not true because she told me that you said da, 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 da. So we both kind of stopped and looked and was like, I didn't say that. She said, that's what you said. <laughs> the assistant principal was like, y'all see this? And he started pointing out, he started telling me the same thing that my mom was like, everybody's not your friend and you need to be aware of the messenger. And that's what my mom used to always say. And after that, I just kind of learned like whenever people are quick to kind of bring you information, I'm usually more leery about the the informant than I am about the, the, the information that you're bringing me. And I got to the point where I was like, well, you know what? If they didn't tell it to me themselves, it's probably nothing that they wanted me to know. That's I. That's a, such a good story. So, Erica, what if the teacher didn't like the girl <laughs> and she left the room on purpose? Like she heard the rumor and she's like, "I gotta go to the bathroom." Girl, I don't know how hey, the universe wink, wink. worked that thing out. <laughs> the teacher was a part of the setup. A part of the whole setup. Um, one thing you said made me think of a saying. What is this? Like a dog, a dog that brings a bone also takes a bone. Mm. Um, one of my. Basically, like, so when people come to tell you stuff about what's been like, they are also taking information as well. Mm. So we need, so I'm, I'm, I'm always leery of people who not just gossip because we all gossip, but yeah, because I'm like, hmm. So what are you saying about me when I'm not around? Like, For I, sure. that's where my mind immediately goes to. And also, I remember some stuff happened in undergrad where some people who I thought were my friends were talking negatively about me behind my back mm-hmm. and a friend later came and told me and he only told me because he was out on the outs with that friend group and so he was trying to you know get me to join in the why they're so yeah. bad and my question was well what did you say right mm-hmm. like and also so someone else was in the in the situation too a friend and I remember when I had spoke to that friend about why the whole situation was not okay that these people were saying things about me, I think in your, their apartment or something. And she was like, well, I didn't, I told them I didn't agree and that wasn't okay. And I said, yeah, but the fact that they felt comfortable saying it around yeah, you. Yeah, right. that's the big part. It's kind of, yeah, like, cause there's certain things you're not going to be able to say around me about people. I, it, you could be right, right, but you still, but you're just not going to say it around still, me. Yeah. 
you're not going to be comfortable. So you made me think of that whole thing of, um, so like with the person who shared the information with me, I was like, why are you telling me this? Because you didn't, you didn't say anything in the moment. So to me, you were just as complicit as everyone else. So that's, yeah, that's a, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That is so true. So with your question, Shari, are you asking like more so about what our parents or parental figures told us or what we witnessed from them and how that. Yeah. I think it could be both and right. Because I think Mm -hmm. the messages that we get around relationships and relationship building um, can be both verbal, like people specifically saying, like Erica said, like your mom literally saying everyone is not your friend and it can be those things that we see. Right. We Mm -hmm. see how people engage in relationships or how certain things are expressed in relationships. And we learn, we pick it, we pick up on that. Mm -hmm. So it could be either or. That's a good distinction. Yeah, because that's I think that's where I was going. For me, I think um, a lesson I learned early was um, the value of autonomy and independence, Um, partly just because as a kid, I hated not being able to speak my mind. Like, you know, I definitely grew up in the era of children are to be seen and not heard. Yeah. And um and I was I was a very smart kid and that that's not me like being braggadocious, but I was and for all the parents out there or anybody who's ever been around smart kids, they ask a bunch of questions and they're always questioning things and they, they wanna know why and but that doesn't make sense (laughs) and you know that ain't always welcomed around you know deep southern families (laughs) that that whole inquisitiveness um so I definitely um always like I valued being able to speak and particularly in relationships I noticed very early on um the women that I saw deferred a lot to their husbands even when they disagreed and even when their husbands were wrong and I remember just being like but that doesn't make sense like why didn't like you know you hear your aunts and your moms Mm -hmm. talking and you're like but that doesn't make sense so if you know why didn't you just say something Mm -hmm. why didn't you just say something so growing up even as a young kid my whole thought process was I will never be in a position where I can't speak my mind and say my piece and have it respected. Yeah. Yeah. Like I will never be in a relationship where I have to be silenced mm-hmm. um, or for the sake of tradition. And like, I think before I knew what a feminist was, <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is a household stuff. No, we're not, we're not doing that. We gonna okay. We're going to have discussions yeah. about what happens up in here. So Yeah, I think it's cool that you bring that up because I think oftentimes when we are in a space of saying this is what I learned from relationships, my earlier relationships, we think it's something that you're trying to emulate. Like Mm -hmm. I saw this, so I want to be like this. And I like that you were able to say like, no, I saw this happening with the women in my family and it taught me to do something differently because that didn't make sense in the moment. And so I was in a space of saying, I don't ever want to be, or I don't ever want to emulate that because that doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. I think it brings in a new perspective. Yeah, I I thought about the very stark differences between my set of grandparents. And I had one set of grandparents. Um, I'd probably say my, my mom's side. My grandfather was very even keel, very calm. Um, he's Native American background. So he didn't really say much. But when he did say something, it was just profound. You know, I just thought he was the most... I don't know. I just thought he was just the best human on the planet. And, you know, I never really saw him and my grandmother kind of, you know, argue or anything. And, you know, he was just very calm. And like, if he said something, she might not like it. You kind of tell she didn't like it. But she, you know, she didn't too much argue too much, you know, or if she did, like it was like a you know, y'all kind of, they shut it down real quick. Whereas my dad's side of the family, we called them Papa and L, And those two, 
I'm telling you they needed a sitcom because they reminded me of Archie Bunker, but the wife was definitely not uh, his wife because my grandmama would get in that behind. You hear me? And it was just such a stark difference in like how they interacted, but I love the way my grandmother used to just give my granddaddy like all the business if he... (laughs) If he said anything she didn't like. And so I was like, yeah, I like that way. And so that was kind of like what I thought like, yeah, you know, someone says something and you don't like it, like you stand up for it. And so as I got older and just kind of watching my parents, like sometimes I would get really frustrated if, you know, I thought my dad was wrong about something. And my mom, she wouldn't really say anything. But what I failed to realize was that Her not saying anything wasn't about her not speaking up for herself. Her not saying anything was her respecting the fact that she didn't want to challenge my dad in front of us. And so they would kind of keep their challenges in the privacy of the two of them, you know, in the in the midst of their relationship. And so later on, I kind of understood, you know, her approach because before I was like "Uh -uh, I'm not doing that if something ain't right like I'm about to say it (laughs) but you also have to realize like how would you feel if he also called me out and challenged me and pointed out my wrong in front of you know other people children included and so I think I just kind of learned like there's there's a balance you know I think I saw one extreme and the other extreme and then I think I kind of saw the balance um, between my parents and I said okay let me figure out how to kind of make that work because at the end of the day I I do want to show respect and I want my partner to show me respect in the presence of other people. Now, what we do behind closed doors, you might get a good cussing, but I ain't going to do that in front of other people. So that was kind of <laughs> something that I think I took away. I hope I took away <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> from just the, watching those, those different relationships. I'm wondering if, like, when we think about the things that we have taken away, like how it is, because I think, Oftentimes it's about being self-aware and being able to say like, what are, you know, the things that I've taken away from earlier relationships? And so do you guys think that there is a particular way for listeners if they're thinking about how do I start to become more self-aware about this? Are there ways that listeners can begin that process of saying, are there things that I've taken away that are both beneficial, but also may not be beneficial for my relationships? What are some things that you would encourage them to do? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I think start with asking yourself what's working and what's not. Because um, I think that's something we don't do often. We we tend to be creatures of habit and we do things because we saw someone else do it and then we do it and then without sometimes stopping and say, well, wait a minute, why am I doing this? Why Why do I believe this way? So starting with, what's working and what am I finding myself struggling with and kind of looking for those patterns. So like, if you know, you tend to run into the same kind of stumbling block in a lot of your relationships, sometimes say, okay, well, wait a minute. What's the, what's the common denominator outside of it being you, but like what, what else could be there? And does this mirror something from my childhood? Um, Because we are a sum of our experiences being able to kind of get back to the core of where did you get this lesson from? So often I think asking yourself the question of how do I find value or how do I feel valued? um, I think can be traced a lot to our childhood and how we were told we were worthy. And that same mindset sometimes, not sometimes, but it will travel to adulthood. So if you were maybe super athletic, you may have learned very early that your value was attached to your performance. That's how you got the positive attention. That's how you got the accolades. That's when people showed up. So you may still be very performance driven in adulthood. And when you don't meet those goals that you set, then you beat up on yourself and, and vice versa. So even starting with 
where did I learn my value from and, and how what that looks like in the world and asking, do I need to reevaluate mm-hmm. that lesson or maybe kind of is there an extreme um, in that lesson? And also realizing that our memories are not um, snapshots, like sometimes the way we recall things that happened in our childhood aren't necessarily the way that they happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, so not taken away from things like people's experience or their feelings, but just understand we were looking through things at things through a child's lens and or just sometimes you have memories of stuff that you realize oh wait a minute I was too young to right. remember that what it is I've just heard the story so much yeah. so like, yeah, <laughs> even being even a- there for that that didn't even happen right yeah <laughs> right um so giving yourself that room to acknowledge that your memory recollection may not be 100% or even just recognizing the context of what was going on. So I think those are some good starting points. Yeah, I agree with that, April. I I think a lot about too, like, I mean, your first relationships usually are like your familiar relationships and then your relationships with your peers. And um, I've just seen a lot of times like people, you know, say things like, yeah, like I've had to clear out a lot of people in my life because everybody just ends up treating me the same way or blah, blah, blah. And people failing to look at like, what did it, what are you bringing into that relationship that is resulting in everyone responding to you the same way? Um, <clears throat> and so part of that, I think some people do struggle with that looking you know, taking that inward look and kind of seeing, and that's not to say that, you know, you are solely responsible for these things, but how, what is your role in that? Um, And I say this often, and sometimes people find offense in saying that any outcome of a relationship, you have a role. That that doesn't mean you're responsible for their actions and you're responsible for the demise of the relationship, but just look at your role. You know, how did you, what was your part in the relationship that, you know, was the stage for them to act in which they they acted or, you know, how people react to you and respond to you? Because then we start to learn these patterns and we start carrying them into other relationships, not even knowing that that's what we're bringing in. Um, And so just kind of starting there, because I do think it ends up trickling into romantic relationships and professional relationships. And um, if people start to look, they might start to see a lot of connections amongst all of their relationships and why certain things look the way that they look. No, I like that idea of saying, what is the role, you know, how are people responding to me in my relationships and are there patterns across relationships, you know, are there patterns in how people are treating me? Are there patterns in why my relationships aren't working, you know, or, you know, what are some of the, the hangups in my relationships and, and what might those patterns be? And then just, you know, doing a self I I guess like a deep dive into where do you think that comes from? And you may not know the answer right off. You may not be able to pinpoint it directly, but being able to ask yourself, like, where does this come from? Like, where, when did this start? When did I notice it starting? But then also what I've found to be most helpful for me is talking to people who are closer to me about where like how I think my relationships are going so for instance I'll ask Erica like hey you know how do you think I'm engaging in our friendship or how do you think this has happened or you know in romantic relationships like why do you think this is a pattern for me and so like being able to like get other people's perspective from the outside can also be helpful you know and of course you don't want to just ask anybody you know, because some people, you know, I'm a big proponent of everybody is not your friend. Uh, but so you don't want to just ask anybody, but people who are trusted, people who you feel do have your best interest at heart and can kind of give you a little bit of a reflection um, of yourself so that you can start to be a little bit more self-aware. That can be really helpful. Exactly. It's so funny. I was talking to my mom just yesterday about... Um, my nephew went and uh, 
he left for college yesterday. So my mom was, you know, in her feelings a little bit about that. And so we were talking and she said, oh, I want to call him, but I'm not going to because, you know, he might think. And so she went on this whole like thing like, oh, he might think I'm just checking to make sure he's doing what he's supposed to do and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, I said, that's one of those things that I say to people often. And I I had to talk to friends about how they changed interacting with me when I got married. And I'd say the only way that a relationship is going to change is if you start to change it. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, I noticed I, and I talked directly to certain friends. Like I talked to Shari about it. Mm -hmm. I talked to my guy brother about it because I noticed like, like, gosh, I used to talk to them all the time. And like, they would call after work or they would call at this time. Like I knew when I would hear from them and then I was like, wait, I'm not hearing from them. So I'm calling. I'm like, Hey, everything okay. Like what's going on? And it was like this assumption that they needed to change something about our relationship. And I'm like, no, like nothing needs to change. You know, we will let the relationship naturally shift, but we don't need to change something because my relationship with somebody else is, you know, has changed. And I told her, I said, don't make the decision about a relationship on your own. I said, it involves two people for a reason, right? I said, give him the opportunity to weigh in on how that is. So I said, if that's your concern, I said, then vocalize that, verbalize that to him and say, hey, you know, I know you're off in college, but you know, grandma sometimes just wants to call and check on you. If you don't, if you can't answer the phone, don't answer the phone or whatever. Just call me whenever you get a chance. But talk about like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue to call and check on you, you know, and then let y'all's relationship work that out. But don't make the decision for him on how you're about to shift y'all's relationship. I said, because that might not even be what he wants. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because I think oftentimes when there are shifts Um, We do make that decision on our own. We do say, well, this person probably needs this or this person probably needs that. And I know you and I did talk about that around just like the way when, you know, when people get married, you're in a space of saying, well, maybe they need more time with their partner, you know, and being able to say like, well, no, like you can't make that decision without asking the other person do you need more time with your partner you know do you need this space do you need that and so I think that's definitely something that is important to think about when trying to like ask about just patterns and relationships and what that looks like for sure yeah I think that's a communication piece of um not necessarily not necessarily communication but avoiding one-sided assumptions mm-hmm. um because on one hand i do like in a specific situation of someone is married or just any type of lifestyle change i naturally assume like okay well you've had a significant change in your life um so i'm going to you know respect that and not assume the same role like if it's a someone who's had a child like okay we're not gonna be able to talk the same way we used to do this that's just a nature of like you probably have to breastfeed and do parent things that I don't have to do so <laughs> like I can call somebody can call me at 10 and is not a problem but I'm thinking like oh I don't want to wake the baby or maybe so there are certain things I think are just kind of I don't think the I think the intent is in the yeah. good, the good um, but I think it is important to kind of discuss what that looks like so yes it probably will change yeah but but yeah but I think it should be a conversation yes yeah because I mean I have one friend like when she got married when she had her kids like it was like the train didn't stop like it right and then I had another friend where you know our communication wasn't as much it just looked different like now we we text more and then we might have a a phone conversation like once a week you know what I mean so 
but it still worked out. Like we, we understood like, okay, this is what your schedule looks like now. This is, you know, this is when you're free. Like we learned like, okay, this is the new pattern. And then we adjusted to the new pattern. So. No. Yeah. It definitely can shift over time, you know, and that's one thing when thinking about just like something that I learned from, early relationships or just my mom was her being able to say to me early relationships shift over time. Um, Cause I had a really hard experience with being able to allow relationships to shift over time. Like in middle school, when I was younger, like, you know, you go through different grades and in the seventh grade, your best friends with so-and-so in the eighth grade, your best friends with this other person. And that's just kind of the natural shift that happens during those middle school years. And it was really difficult for me to allow that to happen. Like I was like, I don't understand why so-and-so isn't my best friend anymore because we were best friends and we had bracelets and necklaces and all of that and you know a really cool lesson that my mom taught me was like relationships shift like they change Mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that you know this person no longer wants to be in your circle or wants to be your friend it's just that things shift over time and allowing that shift and being able to talk about that shift as in a, in the relationship can help with adjusting to it as opposed to making this, no, you're going to be my best friend throughout high school, you know, <laughs> uh, as opposed to being like, no, this is how it's going to be. Like really having that conversation around, like, how does this need to shift? Yeah. And what does this look like? And that just allows for more fruitful relationships. Yeah. Relationships have seasons. And I think that's one way um, early relationships also teach us with how to deal with conflict because um, relationships changing can be a type of conflict depending on, on what it is. And so if you never had good examples of having those conversations or if, if your only experience with conflict has been like yelling and screaming and fighting, then you never really had good examples of what it's like to argue in a safe you know way or even things like stability like if you grew up in an unstable environment then you know your attachment style is going to be very like i'm good like avoiding or you know you're you're a little bit more controlling in certain areas because you are in control of your safety so i think all of those things are going to affect how you deal with um all of the things that come along in later mm-hmm. relationships. I think it's it's definitely important, going back to the initial question, of looking at the first examples of these things. So um, even sometimes asking yourself, how has my childhood affected my adulthood? Um, just starting there yeah. is can be a fruitful, maybe a scary, uncomfortable conversation, but I think it, it can be definitely um, very fruitful because yeah. those, those attachment styles... Yeah. They have some long-lasting consequences on on later behavior. That makes me think of um, children who grow up with um, parents who are addicted to substances and how oftentimes that that role that they have to play as the one who is taking care of the parent or the one who is holding the family secrets, how that often can impact them as adults and how they allow relationships to be a part of their life, whether they feel like, you know, I have to be the one to take care of us in this relationship. I can't allow the other person to just kind of do their own thing um, or and vice versa, or I'm not going to take care of anybody because I took care of everybody earlier in life. Um, It just really does impact your adult life and your adult relationship patterns. So, yeah, great conversation. I think there's a lot of takeaways here um, that people can have. I think, but mainly, you know, listeners, go and reflect and, and really think about how your earlier life and your earlier relationships have had an impact on your current relationships and is it a positive impact or are there some things that maybe you need to be more aware of and make some adjustments to definitely 
All right. Well, we have made it to the next segment, which is what we all know and love as Send One Your Love. This is where we just shout out a person or an entity or a place or just something that, um, you know, was positive in our week. So anybody want to start? Oh, I do. I have a, it's kind of a two part. Just thought about one. Um, I want to send send my love to definitely to my girlfriends who checked on me this weekend. This has been a long, long, long week. Um, so grateful for all the, the the calls, the texts, the just hey, let's do this or not do this. Um, specifically, send love to oh lord, what's the man name? Terry, who helped me with my flat tire Monday night. Oh no! Um, oh. So shout out to Terry who saw me on the side of my car like uh what is i'm going to do <laughs> <laughs> well not as a what is i was just debating if i wanted to call mm-hmm. roadside assistance or get it towed and, and i'm just like well it's gonna take forever so and then it's getting darker what do, so as i'm going through this the drives by i was like do you need some help and when i was talking with him he was like yeah i was going and i passed by you and I was about to go in the house and the spirit said, turn around, mm. see if she needs some help. And I was like, I'm glad you asked because uh, what I was not about to do was change my right. tire. <laughs> I know how, but I don't trust it. Mm-mm. I don't trust it. So shout out to Terry um, nice. who who stayed out there and yes. helped me realize I had wheel locks. Uh, <laughs> uh, was like, do you have a wheel lock? I was like, the wheel Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Terry. I love Good Samaritans. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, he was great. That's awesome. Um, I guess for me, I would like to send my love to my next door neighbor. Um, she and I have been taking walks after work, um, which is really cool because for a number of reasons. One, I will stay in this house all day, all night, all week. Um, and that has been positive for my mental health. Um, but two, I am also very team no new friends. Um that's a lesson that I learned in young adult. Um, and so um, it's good to meet new people who are good people. And so it just kind of stretches that belief that I only need me, my three and no more. Um, and so it's good to have people who come in and just like challenge that thought. So that's been really refreshing to meet someone new um, and to start to get a little bit of fresh air in the process. So nice yeah Very nice yes and shari's neighbor is on point because she be calling like she hey does. let's do this walk <laughs> okay that's so good okay yes <laughs> well i want to send my love out to just all of my good girlfriends um i have a number of them who have called and checked on me lately um who've been privy to some health concerns that i've had shari has definitely called and checked on me ebony i want to send my love to her rashida um you know they've called they check in you know um and so it is nice to know that you have people who are thinking about you and praying for you and just you know offering their care and concern so i want to send my love to all of them and you know just because it's getting close to that sappy season and I love to be sappy so <laughs> yes love it <laughs> so yeah nice so hope everybody receives all the love that's been sent out um and that you are also receiving some love um that people are sending your way so thank you for listening again to another episode of Three Sykes and a Mic. You can find us on your favorite podcast listening apps. You can also find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram with the same name, Three Sykes and a Mic. We are also available by email. You can reach us if you want to send us a message at three sykes and a mic at gmail dot com. Please rate, review, subscribe. Also share with a friend. Just one. Each one teach one. Um, so <laughs> let your, let us know if you have any questions. We always love to hear feedback um, or even show ideas. So you can hit us up on any of those mediums. But again, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. Hello. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.